This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Good evening, bless the Lord, and welcome to For Science Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. Well, we've been talking about a very important subject this week, and that is that God hates mixtures. Actually, so much of what is pleasing to God is contrary to what the world's mentality is. And we have been focusing on the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world, and we're seeing that they cannot be mixed. They do not go together. We actually cannot know God or understand His Word through human wisdom. So we've been studying the first two the first two chapters of First Corinthians, and we encourage you to read those carefully and really get the gist of the difference between God's wisdom and world and the worldly wisdom. Just want to highlight some of the things we've been talking about. For example, in First Corinthians one seventeen, we read, "For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, that the cross of Christ should not be made uh, void." For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Going down to verse 20, Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has Listen to this sentence. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached, to save those who are who believe. Verse 24, But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. In 2 Corinthians um, verse 2, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now we want to make a transition into the book of Ephesians, written by Apostle Paul, because we're talking now about what is the responsibility of the church And what does that have to do with the wisdom of God? Well, we're going to see it has everything to do with the church. So if you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3. 
Ephesians or yesterday? Before you go there, Shelley, I just want to say as Jewish believers, it's very important if there are Jewish people listening because church means ecclesia, called out ones. And Christ is another name for, in Greek, the anointed one. Christ in Greek means the anointed one or Messiah. So when we go to the book of Ephesians, Paul was an Orthodox rabbi who knew the word of God. And for those of you who don't know, there's nothing new in the New Testament that the New Testament was written from the Old Testament. And all the apostles are Jews who believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And Paul never met Jesus personally, but Jesus affected his life on the road to Emmaus, where he... Damascus. Damascus, I'm sorry. Okay. Damascus, on the road to Damascus, where he revealed himself to him. And so Paul has become one of the greatest apostles because all the epistles he wrote, he referred to as my gospel, which is known to believers that Paul said it's the only gospel. Right. And so it's so important, as Shelley reads what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus that were Jewish believers and Gentile believers. Well, if you turn to Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to pick it up at verse 8. Paul had just revealed the mystery that the Gentiles have become fellow heirs and fellow members of the body and fellow partakers of the promises. So it's a powerful portion of scriptures But beginning at verse 8, and this is so critical to understand. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things in order that, in other words, he created all things so that the manifold wisdom of God. This is what we've been talking about. In, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just want to read that from the uh, Revised Version. And to make, this is verse 9, and to make all men see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might, might be made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. This was in according to the eternal purpose which he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Junie, I think this scripture, especially verse 9, 
has not really taken root the way it should in the church. I believe, Junie, God's view of church is a lot higher and a lot more significant than men's view of the church. Church has become a Sunday affair where we're looking to get blessed and hoping that we can leave happily because the message was good. But there's a deeper reason for the church. In order that, it says, God who created all things in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Junie, God is going to build his church for the latter days, and I believe it, that this is such a significant, powerful verse that we understand what the call of the church is according to God's eternal purposes. And to repeat, church means ecclesia, called out ones from amongst the Jewish and Gentile, Muslim, whatever your background, into Jesus, into the Messiah, into the Savior of the world. Lord. And to demonstrate the power to principalities and powers is huge because so many times we look at a preacher, we look at a teacher, we look at an evangelist or a man who prays for healing, and we look at them, and we're not realizing that anyone who really lives for the Lord only and denies themselves, takes up their cross, and follows the Lord, the power of God is released from within them. Remember, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, and that's where the power comes from. And that is a demonstration of the weakness of humanity that's stronger than the devil himself because the principalities and powers fear Shelley when someone truly lives for the Lord only. That's why the 12 men turned the world upside down in the first century church. And like you read from Corinth, from Corinthians, what uh, an evil city it was that Rome ruled the world and it was totally and completely opposed to God, to Jesus, who is the Son of God and the Lord himself and the Son of Man. And we are living in such an age, Shelley, that if we don't grab hold of what you're trying to teach, every listener, for you and for me as well, will never make it in the world today. It's powerful. We'll never dream. make right. it, Shelley, really. because it's like tyranny. It's almost like the whole world is uniting together against Jesus, against Yeshua, and against the laws of God and against God's righteousness and holiness, Shelley. 
Junie, this is uh, this portion is so critical, and I wonder. Uh, ask yourselves, how many of us are aware of this call of God upon the church? It, the call on God is that we would demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. I just want to remind you that the whole world lies in the wicked one. And we're talking about demonstrating to these invisible forces that we can't see, but we know they're there. This is going to raise the, the, the church to a level that we don't realize, but God wants to do this. We are in the end days and getting closer to the final days of the end days. The church needs to be a demonstration of God's wisdom to the rulers and authorities that have had full sway over natural man. Without the Lord, they, they're just open to the ways of, of man. And this is so vital. And this is in accordance with the eternal purposes of God, which he carried out in Christ Jesus. Two words, Shelley. The cross and holiness. Amen. Amen. We're going to pick up on this theme, and I hope you'll be with us. I encourage you to read first the chapter 1 and 2 in 1 Corinthians, as well as chapter 2, and understand what God is saying in Ephesians. We bless you and trust that we're going to see an advancement in what the church is like. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyandJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.